Florida Community College. I'm Derek. And I'm Jordan. So following the theme of the last movie we did, we are once again looking at a cosmic horror film. Today we're going to be checking out The Void, uh, produced in 2016 by Canadian filmmakers uh, Stephen Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie. Um, and it was crowdfunded, which was really cool. Um, the big deal with this being is that it was um, relatively cheap to make, uh, all things considered. Um, it was, it's not particularly graphically impressive. They use practical effects for most of the movie. Um, there's not like a really crazy amount of CG. I think maybe some backgrounds and one or two so... moments. Well, there's definitely one part, um, yeah, but... and we're gonna break this up. We're gonna break this one up with a spoiler since this is a rev- relatively recent film. But the vast majority of the creature effects and the um, violent scenes and so on are all handled with practical effects, and which is really um, exciting to watch. Like you don't <laughs> see horror movies using practical effects. Like, what was the last big blockbuster that did? Like Mad Max, like Fury Road. Fury Road did a lot of shots with practical effects. Yeah, was um, that was one of the big selling points. So The well, Void it, is a yeah. cosmic horror-esque movie. Um, kind of a throwback to the 80s where you're thrown into a situation with the characters. Nobody really has any grasp on what's going on. And things are kind of slowly revealed to you. I mean, I think the movie ran, what, an hour and a half? 90 minutes. Yeah, about like an hour, hour 30, hour 32. Um, It's good. Like, it's very surprisingly good. Um, It has to do with, uh, at the very beginning, you find a guy who is fleeing a farmhouse and runs off into the woods. And then uh, a woman tries to follow and she's shot and then set on fire. And you go... All right, well, that's an interesting first three minutes. Let's see where this fucking goes. <laughs> um, from there, we follow the other guy who manages to get away, and then we cut over to cop asleep in his car when this guy kind of stumbles in front of him and doubles over, and he gets picked up, sees that he's uh, our cop, uh, whose name is James Carter, I think? Daniel Carter. Daniel Carter. James is the guy that he picks up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So Daniel is, like, kind of established as not really a... He's nobody's idea of the ace cop. He's... He's kind of the B-team at best. Yeah. (laughs) He's kind of lazy. Although it seems like they're in the middle of BFE, so it... He probably doesn't really exactly have a busy life. It's it's an interesting paradigm shift. You're always used to, like, the action movie cops and all that. And this guy's like, I really didn't want to do my job today. And it seems that things have only gotten worse since I have attempted to do my job. So my fear is justified, and I am terrified because of it. (laughs) So... Uh, Daniel decide Daniel decides he's going to take him to the nearest medical center, which is this, um, kind of like dilapidated building that's in the middle of being moved. Like everybody in the hospital is getting ready to move to another newer complex. There's really like a skeleton crew left. Uh, yeah, like most, most of the medical stuff is done in a bigger facility that's, you know, further down the road. Whereas, uh, this one specifically, um, is like they're still waiting to move over all of their, um, what was like it? their records. Yeah, and like it's a, it's essentially just their archive for now. Like they still have facilities, but they're they're just not using them. And the movie mentions early on that there was like a fire at the at the at the building that destroyed most of it. So you already have a setup of dilapidated hospital that. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I do want to walk that a little bit. So dilapidated is the right word. I it's I don't think it's the right word. It's in disrepair. 
It's not like disrepair. Yeah, you're not gonna look at it and go, nobody's disuse. Yeah, nobody's yeah, you're not gonna look at it and go, nobody's been in this hospital for decades. Like it's still it's just an old hospital from the eighties that got updated until it couldn't hold its load anymore. Like that's all it is. And you know, no, and what's also interesting about this is that we don't really get an idea of the tech exactly, but this is clearly not the like the most present day because you don't no. really see anybody with a with like a smartphone you don't see judging by um, modern computers the police shotgun and some of the the vehicles um and them being probably mostly secondhand because they're what a five person sheriff station so um <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere so i, I would put it like late 80s early 90s at the latest probably I would say, like, turn of the millenniums, probably, like, as late as you could presumably imagine it, but it's never too far removed that I think it's... Like, the computers look you could cut, you, relatively, could kind of maybe, like, like, 97, 98, maybe? Mm-hmm. It could be anywhere in, like, a 20-year period. Yeah, and it doesn't really ever focus you down on that. Um, so they get to the hospital, there's uh, an intern, there's a nurse, there's a doctor, um, there's a pregnant girl with her grandfather there is a uh i think there's another guy yeah there's another dude and uh, um he doesn't and last specifically long. One of, well, and specifically one of the nurses is uh like uh our main character's ex like they have a kind of history together so from from the minute that he drops this guy off at the hospital like daniel's been kind of awkward around the whole thing yeah it's it's definitely interesting because there's that little bit of tension that you have throughout the movie because um there's all sorts of stuff that goes on between those two that are narrative based um but within and i, I don't uh, know before... when, is, when does the random guy get murdered in the beginning like 10 minutes in it's really fast oh it's really quick it's like 13 minutes yeah they don't so i, I actually I actually clocked when the first like when the first shit starts going down at the, the hotel. It's thirteen minutes. The in. thing that I really love about this <laughs> style of movie is that it's not afraid to just throw you in the fucking middle of whatever it has planned. It doesn't explain it. It doesn't give you any foreshadowing. It's just, hey, that nurse doesn't have any skin on her face, and she is murdering the bejesus out of that guy. Oh, and well, and that was such a wild scene the first time I saw it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so also, also, and uh, we'll, we'll, I think this is actually a good break before we get in too deep into spoilers. We can well, get into the I think a little could, later. We could probably talk about like the overarching theme and maybe the special effects uh, and possibly the budget. Oh, and sure, then absolutely. We'll go in. Like we can do the technical stuff and then we'll do a spoiler tag and then uh, run through um, the actual movie because. Um, if, if all you're looking for is like a synopsis, we'll post it after the the spoiler tag. But um, it's definitely worth watching. Like I like it a lot. Um, it's very <sighs> so they bill it as cosmic horror, and you don't really immediately get that feeling. Like there's a cult involved. You see weird tentacle thingies, and eventually things go really, really south. Uh, if the skinned nurse didn't already key you into that <laughs> one. Um, and everything you see that is um, not cast member is all practical. Like anytime they're doing something gory, it is all done with um, actual physical prosthetics or um, uh, some kind of very quick, you know, nomadic machination to, to it's a, sort of say it's a modern a day. It's a modern day creature feature done specifically with the practical effects and an old school mindset. And, and they're gorgeous. The practical effects are so good. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, and in fairness to the movie, you have to do this, but the special effects are fantastic, but you can see where they have to cheat a little bit because oh, there a are, lot of, yeah, there yeah, are, there are some very specific artistic cuts and certain camera angles and, and lighting, lighting, yeah, lighting is, is there are points in the movie where we're going to be like, that's too dark. That's intentional. It's just how they had to do it. I get it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I again, not really fair. And this is a... So, this movie was filmed on a very, very small budget. We are looking at... Uh, 
while I'm looking for that. They had to spe- they specifically crowdfunded the use of the special effects, and they got like eighty thousand dollars, which is chump change. Like, oh, that for is practical effects, not a lot of money at like, all. There's no CG because practical effects are that expensive. They also had um, Suicide Squad was shooting in Toronto at the time, so some of the team was actually helping them out work on the Void, um, and a lot of it was out of friendship and uh like you know the 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 promise of pay more than you know we're gonna make a shit ton of money on it and apparently the movie had a very difficult production like the filming was very very difficult everything about the movie was really bad and then the thing that um gillespie um said specifically that i thought was very interesting was that um the cast was kind of a last minute put together. They had just sort of grabbed who they could and everybody was really cool with each other. Like apparently the cast was just amazing to work with and everybody on the crew loved them. So like you don't normally get those issues where like the film crew was a nightmare and the cast was great, right? That's, it's interesting. I mean, that's the thing with any indie production is that usually there's an assumption of the people on it that, hey, we're all kind of happy to be here because we're A, getting paid, and B, you know, we're trying to make something with what little we have. But and the at cool the same thing time... about Gillespie is that he was working uh, in the same office building that uh, Guillermo del Toro was doing while he was working on At the Mountains of Madness. And that's kind of what inspired him to do The Void. Which I thought was really cool. God, well, and I'm like, that's. I would so have loved to seen if, that. The next, you know, next time we we do a horror movie, we've got to do a Del Toro film because which one? I love just about every movie he's made, and it is the biggest shame to me. Besides, maybe that Del Toro never was able to get a Bioshock movie made was that he was never able to get Mountains of Madness made, which oh, is yeah. like. At the Mountains of Madness, oh, amazing. I would have loved to have seen that movie. <laughs> like between the creature work they did on on Hellboy, between like the actual uh, gruesome between fairy everything tales, about like, the shape of Labyrinth, water, the shape of water. Yeah, like there, there's it's so much in, in the way he builds his stories. Pacific Rim. <clears throat> yeah, and that's why, like, when Gillespie was like, "I'm going to do something like that," you're like. Oh boy, I don't know if you're a GDT or not, but let's uh, let's take a look at it. And honestly, as far as as presumptuous as that may be, I think the movie succeeds on a lot of fronts. It's genuinely creepy. It has a couple of surprising scares to it. Like I'm normally really good about like figuring out horror movies very very quickly, like how they're going to try to to leverage scares out of you and. Anything made past, what, 2008 has really sort of relied on really cheap graphical jump scares. Um, You've got a big increase in, like, the, I call them, like, the orchestra sting jump scare. It's just lazy. You know, it's just loud sounds and, like, a sudden stops. Yeah, it's Um, it's just very lazy. And they, they give you, like, a very satisfying, creepy feeling in this movie. Uh, and... You know, I can't really praise it enough for again how much they were able to do on the budget, which I still can't quite find the exact. <coughs> they they had, but, raised the eighty, but they raised eighty thousand for effects. Yeah, it was like eighty-two and change. Um, I don't think uh, it made about one hundred and fifty thousand in the box office. So, if that's what they spent on the movie, they made it back. They didn't. This was definitely not a well, and I think most of the money for this movie getting its back is going to be through streaming services and uh, uh, like Amazon sales and other like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which by the way, so huge side note to all of this. So you can actually watch this movie for free right now on YouTube. It's put up by the creators and it was on Netflix like two years ago. Um, Like that's where I watched it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can watch this movie for free right now on YouTube. However, it's like a, watching a TV cut, so there's lots of uh, bleeps. There's lots of like it's, it's um, I've, I've cutaways heard, from the effects, yeah, and there's lots I, of like blurring. I and have it's, a couple of friends that have watched like the YouTube cut, and apparently, it's just not. It, it is. It does not do the actual movie any justice. I would only say like 
I would actually say that if you want to see if you think you'd like it, watch like the first fifteen minutes, and then if you think you'd like it, go go rent the movie. Oh, it's absolutely! Only like a dollar <clears throat> on Amazon and five to buy. So like, and if you think you'd like it in the first fifteen minutes, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't like it. Um, it's like, especially if you know if you're really into eighties horror, if you're really into uh, honestly, like as much uh, as it like pays homage things. to the eighties, I think. You have a lot of modern horror aesthetic as well. Like the actual creatures and theming are very, they're, I wouldn't say postmodern, but they're definitely in the realm of like sort of sci-fi and paranormal stuff, which is really cool because we don't get enough of those that aren't like the They remind me, they remind me a lot of like playing video games. Yes. Like they remind me a lot of like. It's very Silent Hill-esque. Yeah. Like not quite, but very close. The monsters are totally horrifying. If you like the thing, you're gonna love these. These are the monsters in this movie are fucked up. The monsters and, and they're very a, satisfying. You also there's you a lot of get them. some like there's Hellraiser like, callbacks too. Yeah, I can see that. There's a lot of different designs in this movie though, which is what I really appreciate. Yeah, they don't like, they don't rely on like one kind of monster. You see, well, there's like what five or six that are like really fucked up from like there's like there's like five or six distinct i would almost say like specific threats and they're all kind of a little bit of variations um the ones you'll see the most are the cultists which have these white sheets with a single black triangle like for a like on their face so like these sheets kind of like it's like a shroud that covers their body so they're kind of ghostly but um the triangles really uh, like, kind of out there, um, and they spend most of the movie just kind of like hovering. Around. Yeah, like there's a moment where they go outside and there's like suddenly cultists, and you're like, "Well, this is unsettling." Um, and we'll say we'll save talking more about the specific monsters for the spoiler area, but yeah, uh, and I think for the most part, like even the casting was very good. Like most of them are pretty much nobodies. You've got Nice so, Chow from. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, I think she was like the only name actress really in it, and that's Ellie Wong, I believe. Yeah. Um, our main guy is Aaron Poole, who I actually will say I think he does a great job. I think he, I think he is one of the only actors who really instills anybody with a. Uh, he definitely with, like, carries really a little bit more. of the movie. Yeah, he really makes more of the character than what it is, and the same can actually be said for uh, uh, Kenneth Walt, uh, Kenneth Welsh, excuse me, who's uh, Doctor Richard Powell. Um, the other actors, he's kind I, of you got know, the what is that movie? Uh, the other side of the rainbow. It's kind of like the weird sci-fi horror one about Cthuloid tube people. I'll have to. I'll. I'll. I'll bring it up. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up after this, but we'll track it down. <clears throat> yeah, but, um, it's, it's he's got. There's a character in that movie that's a doctor who is. You get a, a lot of the same vibes. Hmm. Um. I will say that the movie has um, a couple of spots where you, the writing isn't quite there, or you kind of feel like maybe they had to take some stuff out to make the running time 90 minutes or because they might not have had the ability to get like all the material they wanted in. Um, I don't think, I I think some of the acting is like just kind of eh. But for the most part, it holds up. Okay. And if what you're here for is a creature feature, you're going to have a blast. I think this is one of the, the, like the coolest, like, actual creature feature movies that we've had in a while. And I really let, I really can't imagine that unless you're, um, I would say unless you're like the only horror you like is really cerebral stuff or really like, um, well, it's the difference between like a psychological thriller versus like an actual like horror movie versus a creature feature. Like, yeah, this, this at the end of the day is more of a creature feature than anything. Yeah, um, if, if you're looking for some like really driving narrative, um, th- this isn't. Th- you're not going to get it here. 
Like the the narrative exists through the movie, but you don't care. You just I, I think I think it exists enough to you where just, you it just you just want to figure out where there, the hell this is going. Because there are a couple of moments that do really really work. Um, uh, and we'll get into those in the spoiler section. But there are some really good moments, but there's also just other stuff that feels pretty flat. Beyond the Black um, Rainbow was the movie, by the way. That sounds metal as shit. It's a it's a pretty wild uh, movie if you've never seen it. Um, but anyway, with that, uh, the Void it. is a pretty pretty solid creature feature. Pretty cool cosmic horror movie. If you like horror. I think it's a good checkout, especially because you can get it for relatively cheap. Um, like, if you think you'd be into it, I'd say go for it. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like I, full, I, full stop. I am very horror skeptical um, of pretty much anything. Like, I, I've, even if a horror movie in the theaters, unless it's rated R, it's very unlikely that I will even care. Uh, and unfortunately, most of the time, that ends up being justified, which I'm not a huge fan of, especially considering, like, like this is a very good accompaniment for the thing, because while they share a lot of themes as far as the unknown and everything and like that general weariness and suspicion, um, I think they accomplish the same thing two very, very different ways. Like, whereas the thing has a lot of paranoia, this one just has a little bit more actual dread. Um, but it, it positions itself well. It's not the best movie, but it's a solid horror movie. And that's saying a lot considering how much I hate most modern horror movies. <laughs> anyway, with that, uh, we'll come back after the little spoiler break, and we'll get into some spoil. Spoilers, indeed. Shot the faceless <laughs> nurse in the face. <laughs> so I was like, damn, that escalated quickly. But then thankfully, like, I actually like that then like his his superior officer also comes to the scene and then immediately like confiscates his weapon. And I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, that's how that would happen. And if like people weren't <laughs> I think that's probably what would happen. Like and she like that whole scene was just like oh now it's on <laughs> like yeah, we have when, fucking like it's not quite the nurses from Silent Hill too it's kind of close like, it's very unsettling it's... and oh, then man. you have and then you so the the nurse's name is Beverly so he uh, shoots her ditch, like and when I say like her face is skinned off like she is Hellraiser skin flayed like it looks fucked up. So the cool thing is Daniel goes outside and he's like, uh, I gotta call my my boss, because I just shot somebody. And he gets out there and he sees a cultist who stabs him. Uh, and then he notices like, you do. like, oh shit, there are fucking cultists all over this like almost abandoned hospital. Mm-hmm. They're like all over the place. And that's kind of creepy. Cause, like, well, they, and I'm like... I'm a big fan of like that kind of ghost aesthetic of like uh it's it's actually why I really why I really actually appreciate uh the first um uh scream because there is something very spooky that you can pull off with a relatively simple like white or black robe that has a weird face like there is like especially if you get the movement right and they really do they work it works really yeah the cultists in this movie are very unsettling pretty much at all points in the movie like you get used to them very quickly but the way they sort of move with each other and the way they it's it's very like it's not it's good but it's very unsettling so um he uh he comes back in after he gets stabbed i was actually gonna say so there's like this boy has like two or three down goes Frazier moments. Oh like, yeah, hardcore. he gets. Uh, he has like, a, that's the second one. Yeah, he has a seizure after he shoots Beverly, 
He gets Which is a, a surprisingly realistic reaction. I was actually like, it's one of those little moments I really like, is that he has to like... His, like, his entire psyche together. has to go, what the fuck just happened? Hmm. Like, it's one of those, it, like I said, it's not your average run-of-the-mill, like, oh yeah, by the way, he's like an ex-marine with PTSD or something, so he's a, essentially a superhuman. He's just like some normal dude who sees some fucked up shit and goes... Uh, my psyche is splintering. I need a moment unconscious. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like you were saying, the second time, he gets fucking stabbed. He gets the shit stabbed out of him, and you're like, what yeah. the fuck? And then they go back in, and he's like, alright, we there are people outside. We gotta lock the doors. They lock up the front of the hospital the best they can. And then the nurse's body turns into this, uh, fucking tentacle abomination and you're like what the fuck it becomes fuck? the dog thing from the thing like yes uh, you, like damn she like it's so weird because it's more like it actually reminds me a lot of uh, uh shit it reminds me a lot of um oh resident evil 7 actually because she like it's kind of a like a weird mutant Plus, like... Yeah, she kind of, like... Like, you get a lot of the Lost Fraga stuff in it. She, like, splits and opens up, and you're like, oh, I don't like this shit Oh, all. and the fucking legs coming out of yes. her mouth. Oh, yes. God. Oh, it's... Oh! Ugh. Like, I love every fucking second of it, but it's... Oh, God, it's unsettling. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Like, that mom... <laughs> it's a... That's, like, the... F- that's when it really gets real, and then... And this so, happens in 20 fucking minutes. Yeah. It's this movie goes from zero to eleven pretty quick. It just like, it starts at a hundred, which and then it ends at a hundred and fifty. Which, like, I actually wish that they had probably had the first half hour be a little slower. No, this is this is up. my speed, man. I like yeah. being thrown right into the fucking wood chipper and going, "What the fuck is going on?" Like this movie hits all of my check boxes. It starts off wild as fuck. It doesn't give you any real explanation other than shit's fucked up, and then it doesn't answer any questions at the end of it. It just gets weirder. And like I like I will say I will say that's I think so this movie has is sitting at like um like a five point eight or six on IMDB right now. And most review and it's got pretty like overall mixed positive reviews. And I think that's part of it, is that you a uh, part of your mileage with this movie will vary on how much you appreciate the, the like how much you find out how much things. closure do you want in a horror movie if you want closure don't watch this fucking movie it gives you none and i don't know about that I, but, okay like, if, that's, if that's your the, sticky if that if that's your hill like then yeah sure don't you probably it, it like gives this. you closure with the current events and then it opens up the door to wow that's a lot more events that we will never know about and it's fucking wild um because you really don't learn a lot about how the cult works you don't really learn a lot about um some of the characters you get some information that ends up not really mattering at all. Um, and really, we've been kind of ignoring a couple of the other characters as they come in. So you have... So eventually, our uh, the guy that Daniel picks up wakes up, and he's freaking the fuck out. And they handcuff him to stuff so he can't get away. And then and his, every time the, something goes wrong, he's fucking handcuffed, and he freaks the fuck out. Everybody's like, well, I don't know what you want me to do about it. <laughs> like, that's you have like, these... These two vigilante guys uh, come in. Those are uh, Vincent and Simon. So James, we find out, is was a cult member who kind of got cold feet about the whole thing. Um, and Vincent and Simon are... Um, I, was it really explained who they were outside of, like, concerned citizens? So are they just drifters? So... The way it, the, I think the implication that you're supposed to get is that, um, Vincent's like his family got, um, killed by the cult or yeah, something. something. So like he's that. on a revenge quest, even though, but it's not super explained. Um, and he's like, I would say that he's one of the characters that I have the most problems with because he not only does he not explain like a lot, but he just has like he has this really weird accent through the whole yeah, movie that I'm like, what's going it's on? It's very jumpy this? and there, it changes occasionally and it's very subtle, but you're like, uh, what? 
That's, that's Cockney. Shut up. Um, so he's kind of distracting, but like, um, so the, they get into a the scuffle sh- with Daniel, which is very good. It's a good mm-hmm. fight. And then they have to team up to start uh, like getting supplies so, like, and fighting against the, the other. The monsters. two vigilantes like hold everybody at gunpoint. They're like, everybody's gonna calm the fuck down. We need to kill this guy. Sorry, bye. And then the tentacle monster shows up, and they're all like, "Well, we got to kill that first. And then it just sort of snowballs from there. It's uh, so the pregnant girl ends up uh, like that's sort of a subplot is like, how are we dealing with the pregnant girl while the rest of them are out getting stabbed so, by because, tentacle yeah, monsters? We, bas- we basically have two lines. We have the, okay, we've got to find supplies and keep track of everybody and fight the monsters line. And then we have the, we have to keep the pregnant girl, you know, stable. <laughs> Well, I guess three, really, because, like, the, the sheriff and his wife have, like, a very subtle storyline throughout it, but it is very, very back house, like, kind of stuff. So the main, um, the main storylines kind of split off after they, uh, barbecue, um, who do they set on fire? Is it Mitchell? Yeah, so they barbecue uh, Mitchell. Yeah, the, isn't it the, the cop guy? Yeah, I think he's the, the, other, the other cop. cop. Yeah, the other state trooper or whatever. So they barbecue the other state trooper, and everybody goes, yeah, that's what happens. And this is where you sort of see the strings from the three storylines go. So, like, you've got the pregnant chick, you've got the three guys who are going to go into the basement to get the supplies for the pregnant chick, and then the state trooper's wife kind of disappears at this point like she was going to go get supplies while the guys were going to the patrol car to get the shotgun yeah and then she goes down to the basement and finds it doesn't really look like a basement yeah how would you describe it maybe non-euclidean <laughs> so uh um, she goes missing you find out uh daniel and vincent are searching through the doctor's office to figure out like what's going on and that you sort of find out that the main doctor here is the cult's leader, whom you yep. have seen at least once already in the movie, and then he kind of just goes into a weird, like, you just don't see Well, he, he fake dies, yeah, I he, think. He, he sort of fake dies. Uh, and, and he's like, like, he was that other actor, uh, Welsh, I think is his last name. Uh, he's the other, Welsh, like, yeah. yeah, he's the other actor in this that I actually really liked, because um, he... He has a like because when he when it's revealed that he's uh, the big bad, he has this really really good evil doctor voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because he starts doing this. It's not quite the Doctor Steinman from Bioshock of like, uh, of you know his of like like a beauty obsession, but this like you know well with science we can we can reverse. Uh, you can reverse the effects of death and have people live forever <laughs> through uh, Cthulhu magic. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you kind of get that feeling but, though. Yeah. But he, he has a really, he has a really sinister voice. Oh, very, really very well. much so. He, he's, he's very convincing. When he, so uh, we later find out with the ex-wife that she gets, um, she gets captured by him and strapped to an operating table. And, and he like, yeah. And he, for the whole time, is, you know, it's just like a shot from him in the back. And they're just near, and it's just him, like, you know, talking with her, and it's very sinister. And uh, he, he. That was honestly one of the moments in the movie that was, like, actually unsettling. Like, I mean, we joked earlier, uh, like, oh, yeah, Temple Monsters are fucked up. But, like, this is that one. Like that professional detachment to something horrible going on, where it is—it's very just unnerving. It's very creepy. Um, he's very he's got that. He's got that. He's got a good voice for it, and he. Like I'm a big fan of medical horror in that it is one of the surefire ways to freak me out, and it's I just love body that. horror is very. Like, and I love that. I love that. Like, like that like, detached doctor trope of, like, yes, it's like, uh, I've so overcome with science <laughs> that decided to turn on humanity. <laughs> I've blinded them with science. So uh, uh, they find out that uh, the ex-wife is missing. Um, so the three guys go downstairs to find her. And then the pregnancy sort of thing plays out. Uh, the pregnant woman 
murders the other dude that's left over while they're talking the, the about grandpa. the grandpa. Yeah. Just fucking slits his throat. And she's well, like, uh, and then while Knives Chow is just sitting there like, what the fuck, guys? Um, yeah, so she's kind of like, she's kind of like the... Uh, that switch um, that she flips going from yeah. like wounded young woman to like terrifying to survivor <laughs> yeah, like terrifying cult survivor is like very impressive um well, I was gonna say or not oh, I thought you were talking about uh the intern uh the no hers is fine too yeah well the turn that the uh, pregnant girl has from normal person to psychotic insane yeah is great it's hard um, fast I, and it will almost give you whiplash but the way the intern goes from you know kind of a kind of like a bratty college student to like oh man shit's real i don't know what's going on uh to well <laughs> there's a cult here i've got this fire axe i'm not gonna die here today <laughs> is 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 a pretty good is a pretty good like uh, progression. Yeah, so the uh, the cult shows up. Her, them, and the pregnant woman disappear. Um, so this entire time, the doctor has sort of been taunting Daniel. So like, as they've been in the basement, the basement has stopped making any kind of sense. And these weird, not zombie. They find bodies. flesh goals. Yeah, I think that's a good way of describing it. Like they just show up and they're they're going to. Oh man! Out. Like those were great. Yeah, that those was, things were uh, those things were good. Also, the the ending monster was probably my favorite. Which so when you say ending monster, do you mean the one that is birthed, or do you mean the one that is uh, at the last shot of the movie? Uh, the birth. The last so shot. I like how he's. I like how he's bigger than she is. Well, I mean. He was a big I mean, I know that's the rub <clears throat> with... Uh, he, was with a, he was a big boy. <laughs> he was a big fucking a boy, big and he boy. comes out like a... He comes out like a fucking demonic leprechaun. Comes thing. at him like a spider monkey. So, uh, the, the doctor has sort also, of been taunting the state trooper this entire time. Like, he, he keeps getting, like, calls on phones that are well, close by. Well, I was like, the first time that happened, I was like, did the villain really just call him, like, yeah. to taunt him? Like, And I'm like, this is so, like... Again, it reminds me of Resident Evil 7, but this is so, like, that was a pretty cheesy moment, even though it, even though, it, again, like, like I said, the two actors sell it. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's a very tense moment, surprisingly, considering how absolutely tropic it is. So, uh, all, so the two hoodlums, the former cult member and the state trooper go into the basement. They all get separated. Um, the state trooper finds... I guess the the leftovers of his wife. Like I'm never so between she, between well, that and the ending. I'm always very weird. That was another. I, that's yeah. a, that's a perfect moment of like because the backstory with him and his ex wife with why they have uh, this problem or why they why they kind of split up is that uh, they had a kid who died in childbirth. And it seems to have affected them both pretty Yeah, and pretty the doctor's heavy. like, I'm going to give you your daughter back in the form of demon dog leprechaun thing. Um, but he, like, what they do to, and I, I, I keep calling her the ex-wife, but her name is, I think, Allison in the movie? Uh, um, yes. So, he comes to find her. They have this, like, I don't know if it's a flashback or if it's applied to be an illusion kind of thing where he like, he sees her on the bed and everything looks normal. And then it pans back and it's like, it's like, it's like you're looking at like, like 40 octopuses, uh, stitched together. Oh like, yeah. It's, it's not, it's a really <laughs> fucked up shot. <laughs> and this entire time, every time you see Powell, past his initial quote-unquote death, the doctor, you, you see him in weirder and weirder shades of disrepair. Like, when he's, when he's talking to Allison, he's like, I've given you your baby back. Like, he has also flayed the skin off of his face. And you're like, I don't know where you're getting all this kind of time, my man. <laughs> By the end, he looks like a... He's completely he skinless. Like, he, looks like the Ar- he looks like the Art and Necropotence from Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yeah, like he's completely skinless. He's got like these growths on him. It looks fucking weird. 
Um, but yeah, that scene, that scene's great. Um, they fight all these weird, uh, like I said, flesh golem things in the basement. And things just start getting shittier as they find the rest of the cult. Um, and they've made this portal. This portal to another place. And it's never... And that's not even the, that's not even the crazy yeah. part. So, like, Daniel gets... So, Daniel murders his tentacles with, with a fire axe. Yeah. And then he shows up in this morgue room with the giant triangle. And he goes, alright, fuck. And the doctor's like, behold, science and Cthulhu bullshit. I can control life and death. And then, like, all the cultists start showing up. And... It's just fucking crazy. Because then yeah. he's like, hey, by the way, if you give this shit up, as, as long as you let me kill you, I will give you your child back. And you're like, that's not how the order of operations works. Like, I've been fooled by basic arithmetic before, and none of that pans out. And then the pregnant chick shows up and stabs him again. <laughs> this was the third. I think this was the third or fourth. Down goes Frazier. <laughs> like, he just gets fucking wrecked the whole movie he gets movie. his ass beat the whole movie and like i don't know how he's still alive in that in the and what i mean is, is you know every every movie has these characters who will take insane amounts of punishment but he really does he really takes and it looks like they really affect him you know like i said he he has a seizure he straights up like gets like he straight up whites out for a bit when he gets stabbed, like it's yeah. Really well, bad it's after the first time after he shoots the first nurse, which was fucked up. He he just completely goes out for I think it's implied like ten or fifteen minutes, and then he gets stabbed uh, and he sort of goes out. And the entire time he's having like these weird visions, which we haven't said thus far because they don't really matter. You're just seeing like and he's been like twitching and like yeah, you know like, he he's never these, quite. You're getting these otherworldly shots here and there, and you're like, oh, that's creepy. So, uh, uh, she stabs the shit out of the cop, and we're all like, fuck me, man. Would you, this is awful. The doctor shows up naked and skinless as the day he was born out of Hellraiser or something. Uh, the pregnant chick kneels before him. He starts chanting something, and Maggie, like, the pregnant chick starts getting scared, like something's not right. And then she fucking explodes... She literally explodes, <laughs> and I don't mean there's an ex- I don't mean there's like a, a powder explosion. I mean the whole body goes from insides to outsides, and just boof, like it is crazy. And then you find what the I guess the script refers to as the Sarah creature, inferring that it's supposed to be like some amalgamation of the cops. Yeah, that thing's fucked up. And like you look at it, and you're like, that's something that's going to cause me to get less sleep for a while because that thing looks fucking crazy. Um, so the pregnant chick is in several thousand pieces scattered across the room. The, the weird leopard dog demon Shogoth thing uh, is like, hey, by the way, I'm here to rule the world or whatever. And then the other two hoodlums show up and they're like, we're going to fuck this thing up. And uh, one of them ends up covering it in isopropyl, and his buddy sets them both on fire. And you're like, you know, this is this went downhill really quick for a rescue mission. <laughs> um, and the movie basic the the last real like point of like plot, I guess, is that Daniel uh, and the Doctor Powell or whatever are like talking back and forth and Powell's like, ah, we will, we will conquer death. We will, uh, I will rule with the, the power of the void. Blah, yeah, blah, and blah. He keeps and telling Daniel's like, like, Hey, if you let me kill you, you can be with your wife and daughter forever. And Daniel's like, he's like, fuck that. Fuck this. And he tackles well, them and they both tumble into, into the, the portal, the weird triangle portal thing. And you're like, all right, well, nothing good's going to come of that. He straight up pulls the ending to System Shock too. Like, oh, absolutely! It's like we're both going. Nah. We're both going to go figure out what how fucked up this is going to be. So the the weird thing chases the one living guy back upstairs. Um, 
who like the entire time this part of the movie is happening like the basement is like rearranging itself kind of like a, 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 a la cube almost like parts of it don't exist anymore and he's like one guy that's running is like i don't know what the fuck's going on but he's being chased by a thing that is absolutely going to get to his insides through his asshole it is going to go for the sweetmeats and you can tell because it's got that look on its face so, like you do like you do so it finally he finally like gets out and then he i guess hooks up with knives chow and they're safe and they they ride off into the sunset and you're like all right that was cool and then at the very end um the world and, and probably the and probably the worst looking shot in the in the worst looking effect shot in the movie yeah it, it's very bad so you it's you, it's a it's a pretty basic green screen kind of thing you see sort of the shots of the the larger pieces that the state trooper that daniel has been seeing the entire movie sort of together and him and his wife are holding hands which is yeah, she's back for whatever. She's back, reason. and then it's like a world, and then that sort of pans out, and there's this big black pyramid that's like exists in the sky, and you're like, oh, that's fucked up, and then the movie's over, and you're like, we did it, we fucking did it. <laughs> they had to yeah. do it to them, <laughs> and we're leaving some a little bit of stuff out of the progression there, but. The movie itself is not really clear on a lot of things, and probably for the better. So this is uh, this is the case that I, I always say in a lot of specifically like mysteries or horror movies is that there is an art to telling you just enough to keep you interested and not showing you the every little turn that's in the movie. You don't learn about the cult. You don't really learn anything more about the monsters. You don't know what the fuck that pyramid is. Things are just fucked up, and you kind of have to accept them, and then they go away. Yeah, and you're going to be left with a lot of, like, little questions. But they're really not important. And I think, again, it's always about having, like, the kind of questions that matter and don't matter. Like, how much does it, you know, how much is this the kind of thing where you're going to be thinking about it? after the movie and it'll fulfill some burning need. Whereas in this case, it really doesn't because it just sort of like, and part of it is, I think nowadays, an air of ambiguity about everything. Yeah. Like they leave, you don't really get a lot of closure that even at the go home, there isn't any question you can ask that the answer is going to satisfy you. Like you're not going to, if, even if they had spent a half an hour more and some weird, like, Hey, by the way, we're going to, we're going to fill you in on how the cult started and how these monsters exist and what this other universe is like. None of it would have been nearly as satisfying as you think it would have been because that's kind of the issue. Like the mystery and the non-explanations tend to be more interesting than the explanations themselves. So the little bit of mystique it has, it actually thrives on how vague it is on its finer points. And that's the kind of thing that I'm fine with because like, and that's, and that, that's actually one of the, like the funny things about Cthulhu stuff to me is people really like, I think get into uh, like, Oh, what can Cthulhu do? What is his lore? What is like? What is a Shogoth? What is it made out of? When really the answers are usually better, like, uh, shrug. <laughs> yeah, like you don't need that answer. It doesn't help you appreciate the actual literature anymore if you had like fifteen pages explaining the origin and the makeup it's, and what actually... Shogoths are. Like less. For a lot of horror and sci-fi and supernatural mystery, less tends to be more powerful because it's it is the unknown that really thrives here. It's actually why like season one of Stranger Things is I think why like a lot of people really latch onto it is you know a lot about how the um oh what's it called in the show? The The Demogorgon. The Dem thank you. The Demogorgon works, but you don't really know why you don't like have much insight into its thoughts. It's just this kind of a noble thing that does weird stuff and has these weird powers. Um, and it's all about how the characters kind of learn everything they can. 
and there's not really a lot explained in the first season about the like the background, the backstory of why all these bad shits is happening. And that's I think why that first season of Stranger Things works so well and why it like really caught on. Um and it's why I think so the later seasons of it are not quite as good is they have to like explain more. Um and you see that a lot in you see that a lot in horror is where if if you're not careful the explanation on what your monster is or does can really can really just, you know, suck away time that could be better spent, you know, fighting or running away from the monster or otherwise have the 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 reader or viewer be thinking to themselves, well, why don't you do X? Why don't you do Y? Why is why is this here? Why is that here? Um and, you know, a little bit of a little bit of that is fine and good and it's why it's sort of like why you know what makes a good like horror mystery story is the whys the you know what what is it thinking what is it what does it want but you can't lay out all your cards i think to make an effective monster and i think like once you get to a certain point like when you establish too much lore on a monster it's, there's nothing really surprising about it anymore like there are certain things that are just, like, we didn't need 15 fucking Freddy Krueger movies. Like, the first five up until what? Maybe the you New really Nightmare? Need, you only really need three of them. <laughs> like The it, first, the third, and New Nightmare. Yeah, because the rest of it's just like, other than the basic premise, we're just kind of overloading you with shit that doesn't matter to the actual, like, general premise of the game. It's like, oh, well, who is Freddy Krueger? Like, why? You don't what does it matter? Like the dude's insane and he's trying to kill people in their dreams. Like you just fucking yeah, deal with their it. Dreams. Yeah. Who cares? Well, and that's the same thing of why eventually I think like the Friday the 13th movies kind of, you know, have this big dip is you have to explain so much of what is going on and create this continuity when all these movies have conflicting continuities and, you know, weird things that happen. He's, filmmakers are a lot more cognizant of that because you see less of these giants like giant sprawling franchises yeah but we're also like completely obsessed with bringing things back that were probably better left off as well so like we're always chasing that initial like feeling that we had and you never really get it back the same way like the first friday the 13th hits very different than the remake and the idea that I have to say the remake bothers me. Like, I don't like this obsession with, like, living on our laurels and... Living in the past. Yeah, man. not creating anything new because, like, we supposedly did our best prior to now, which is, I mean, specifically untrue. Well, and, and my thing is that we've been, you know, remakes are nothing new. They really aren't. Cause, no, I mean, we've been remaking things since fucking Hamlet. You know, like, I get it. You know, like, there were... There were a lot of the most famous movies that you might be able to think of from the fifties or remakes of movies from the twenties, the first colored or like the first, uh, Dracula movie in black and white with sound was, you know, just a remake of Nosferatu. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of this kind of stuff reoccurs and repeats itself. You know, we have the 30 year cycle. There's, there's always going to be the nostalgia stuff and remakes and and I think I think like what bothers me more is if they just do the same thing over but worse. Yeah, well, it's like cover bands. Like they're fine if they put their own spiel on it, but if you're just doing a song verbatim, there's no soul to it. it you know, it's and it's and it's funny like wh- like what franchises that started like you know what horror franchises in film are still big now. Like you could like reasonably have a new movie come out and people would actually go out to see it. Oh God. I don't know. Like people, like people I think have kind of turned around on saw because saw had like this, like kind of like cult fan base with it after the first one was kind of successful. So like you had what you had saw, 
you had like the Conjuring series of movies. You had, I guess the Conjuring's still going, but they're very decentralized in that. Yeah, they're they're more of like yeah, we, they hey, follow we have different this, monsters. Yeah, we have the central thing, and then we're doing movie monster of the movie kind of things. Um, what else? Um, I had a really good example for you like twelve seconds ago, and I completely forgot <laughs> it. Um, but we don't have like the the giant like. Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Halloween's anymore. I feel like as much because I think that people are more likely to to want to see something different and not necessarily like go back for a third or fourth helping of a of a well, franchise. It's like, it's like you know, at least the, for horror. the Blasco Experiment, Midsummer, Heritage. Um, like in the last five or six years especially we've sort of gotten out of classical horror making and we're venturing into more artistic horror making which i think is a step in the right direction like we are in kind of like a like a new kind of an avant-garde kind of, kind, of, kind of new horror movie age if like i feel like there was like a big drought from like 2007 or 8 to 2014 14 or 15 and the last five years and right now has been pretty good for horror in general yeah and i think like ari aster doing you know like midsummer and is it the is it heritage hereditary hereditary so and somebody can at the fuck out of me on this because i don't care so like the build-up required to sell the last five minutes of that movie was boring as fuck for Hereditary or yeah. for Midsommar? Uh, I haven't seen Midsommar yet. I'm, I'm told it's very good. Me although, either. <laughs> although I'm told it's kind of green hell-ish. Um, where they're just you're just kind of accepting things that are done poorly. Um, although in a very bright, colorful shell. Um, like if you want to watch something, a, a, a kind of horror movie that really got me recently, um, watch The Ritual on Netflix. It's from the UK. Um, it's got a great monster in it whom you see very, very little of until the very end, and it sells itself very, very well. Um, whereas, like, Hereditary was just... It was fine. Like, it just wasn't the movie that people... Like, I, I can respect it because it does the horror genre significantly different than people are ready for. And I think that is why it was so striking with a lot of moviegoers. Because, like, one, it was very visceral. Like, people had a very strong reaction to the ending. And the rest of the movie was just different. Like, it wasn't The Nightmare on Elm Street. It wasn't Hellraiser. It wasn't Evil Dead. We, we haven't really seen anything quite you like know, it since, like, what, Rosemary's Baby, maybe? Maybe. Well, we're in we're in this, like, great time right now where, like, Bloomhouse will put out three really shitty movies, and then they'll put out Get Out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> it's... It's a good time to be a horror fan, I think, because yeah, you still got some shit, but we're, they're definitely at least you have different things, and that's the thing that I can really respect. Um, but getting back to the void, because now we've gone on a super tangent. Well, um, not not necessarily. So the reason I can respect the void is while it does tread some of the ground that has been laid before it in creature features it does accomplish its own thing very, very well. You get a very striking unease. It does movie. sort of make its own little mythology, even it if does. it is very derived from uh, the H.P. Uh, Lovecraft mythos. I mean, and even then, while an oh, uh, definitely an homage, you it has its own very distinct feel. Like, it's not, you're not going to watch the movie and be like, well, that was just a ripoff of X, Y, or Z. Like, you get a very different kind of viewing experience out of it which i i really respected like it's not the best put together movie but the sum of its parts it ends up being surprisingly good uh so with that um i think we're pretty much towards the end uh the void is a pretty solid movie it's got a couple of things that there's some stuff i can nitpick and criticize for sure i think that it's a really solid film with special effects that really kind of outdo the rest of it but for what is there and again for an indie movie uh it's very impressive and 
one one other quick note, I guess, to end on is that the cinematography in it is again really, really good for the limited budget. Like they get some really great shots, some good reactions from the actors. Oh, absolutely! And like the framing of the monsters. Aside from when, like, you have like the moments where it's too dark, or you know, they have to deliberately do the lighting to make sure you're not like too drawn to what the special effects are exactly looking like. Um, a lot of the shots are great. I think the I think the violent shots can get a little too shaky cam, but for the most part, it's 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 got a very inspired presentation. Um. And I think that, uh, and I think that overall, I think horror fans will have a good time with this movie. Yeah, it's a good ride. Like, you can very easily forgive the little camera cuts and smart things they have to do to kind of cheat the practical effects. Because, like, if you don't ask too many questions, it's a great ride. Like, it's an hour and a half that you're not going to regret using. Like, it's pretty good. It's a dollar to rent, like... You really can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that is it. Uh, tune in soon where I make Derek listen to country music. <laughs> no!